Black Mirror Cracked Episode 5, Metalhead. Before we get started, make sure you've watched every episode in Season 4 before you start listening to these podcasts if you want to avoid spoilers. We do talk about other episodes even within a podcast about one particular episode. There are lots of connections and and things to talk about. So please make sure you are happy to hear some spoilers or at least you've watched all the other episodes. Throughout this season, we have probably... The tones are, and the genres we're doing are much more diverse than we've done before. So there's Metalhead, which is Maxine Peak, yep. and it's uh, black and white, and it's very, it's a sort of brutal survival horror story. Hello, and welcome to Black Mirror Cracked. Um, it's the Daily Mirror's Black Mirror podcast for season four. So today, Ryan. Hello. And I, Sir Chandrika, will be talking about Metalheads. So, Ryan, what are your feelings after just watching Metalhead right now? Yeah, so it's the shortest episode that it I've is. seen so far. This is the th- I, I can't remember which official order everyone else is going to no, watch this in, but this knows. is my third episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's my third one. Um, it's definitely the shortest. Um, not only is it 40 minutes, I think. So it is about 20 minutes shorter than every other one. But it, mm. it just feels so much shorter because, if I'm honest, not that much happens over the course of that 40 minutes. Um, so It's a kind of linear it's, narrative. It's very linear. It's yeah. like a one-scene kind of deal. Um, yeah. It's, it feels a lot more like the old Channel 4 episodes. Yes. Than, yeah. But I like that. And it's British as well. Yeah, it's got Maxine Peake in it. It's got all British actors mm. in it, actually, as well. And they have British accents, and it's clearly set in yes. maybe what was once Britain, because it feels post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Um, it's in black and white, yeah, and a very kind of drained, like, kind of... Mm. It's not a pretty black and white. It's not a movie black and white. It's a, almost like you've lost colour. Mm. Um, do we think it's black and white because of the robot dogs? Because maybe they... Because dogs see in black and white, is that one? Possibly, because it did have a sort of predator-ish yeah. vision. I I just thought it was a stylistic choice. I didn't really look that much into it, to be honest. Um, it kind of sets. It, it kind of does feel right in the setting. I think it was just to give some variation to the episodes, which is nice. It's nice that there is so much variation to the episodes. That this, even that this is clearly a much smaller budget episode than say Callister. Um, I like that. I like that there is variation in the episodes, and they can still do the nice little Channel 4-ish feeling episodes. Yeah. So shall we tell people what happened in Metalhead? Well, we would assume that you already have watched it, obviously. <gasps> Big spoilers um, coming this way. All of them. Spoilers. All the spoilers We're spoiling start everything. To end. We're talking about this in great depth. Yes, great depth. Look at that. Look at the time length of this episode. All yes. that depth. Yes. So much depth. We've been to the bottom of the sea. Johnny Depp. We are going deeper than... <laughs> <laughs> Did you just come up with that? Yeah, yeah Johnny, Johnny Depp. depth. Or like that. Oh, yeah. So much Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens, Ryan? Tell us about it. So um, I'll run through it really. As I said, really, it doesn't feel like much happens. I have like a whole page of notes here <laughs> that I've taken, but it doesn't really feel like that much happens. But I'll run through it anyway. It goes quickly as well. It goes very yeah. quickly. Most of it is just a chase scene, frankly. But it's not boring at any point. Um, so it's a group of three people. I did manage to catch their names, actually, yes. amazingly. Yeah. Actually, I'm not sure I caught the woman's name, the main character. And I, I don't Bella. know. Ah, oh, okay. I didn't catch it. I didn't catch it. But I did catch the two guys, which is Clark and John. She's on the walkie-talkie a couple of times. She says it's Bella. Right, okay. And they are travelling in a car to go to a warehouse. You assume to track some supplies. 
um, my instant thought was this is some medicine because yeah, life saving, some life saving for a advice. child, for yeah, yeah, for nephew, someone that was yeah. sick, and they said um, they said at the beginning they're not going to live anyway, yeah. and she said something along the lines of, well, if it's going to make their life better for as long as they are here, it's worth it. Yeah, even for a few days. Even for a few or, days. Yeah. And yeah. we'll grab some batteries, we'll grab some other supplies while we're there anyway, so it'll be worthwhile. Mm. I was like, okay. Like, instantly you get that this is a post-apocalyptic-y kind of, yeah. kind of setting. And uh, so they go into the warehouse, they find a cardboard box they're looking for, she has a code on her hand to be able to find it. You don't see what's in the cardboard box yet, um, because when John takes it off of the shelf, a little robot, which they call do- a dog, they call them dogs, is sitting behind the box and it wakes up. It fires these like pellets at them both, um, which are trackers. We find it they're, they're tracking yeah, devices. Yeah, it's like shrapnel, isn't it? Yeah, it's like shrapnel. And she gets one in her, but he gets tons in him. Um, and then he's shot dead. Anyway, John. <gasps> it's a very shocking death scene, though, because it shoots his head to smithereens. Yeah. And the dogs don't look scary. They don't, they don't have teeth. They don't have faces. They're yeah, not snarling. Very blank looking. They look like coffins on legs to me. They're yeah. shaped like a coffin. And the way it obliterates this poor man's head is is really shocking. I, I don't think we've seen that much of that. Really gory deaths in Black Mirror. Really violent, mm. gory deaths. That felt like a new kind of genre for them. What, what, the guy in the van? The guy in the van. We'll get onto him, but the guy on the guy on the floor, they didn't shoot his head to smithereens, no. but he, it's a very bloody yeah, yeah, scene, and there's a huge hole in Either, his head. Maybe that's why they chose it for it to be in black and white. Maybe. So it was going to be more bloody. They didn't want the gore to be the focus point, but yeah. they wanted it anyway. It shows, it shows you why they're so afraid yeah. of these creatures, these yeah. robots, and why they're running away from them. Mm. So then Maxine Peake's character, Bella, she escapes a factory. And, uh, yeah, she escapes, and the other guy that she's with was hacking into a van with this very old keypad, and it looks like a very old system, so this isn't new tech, this episode, clearly. Um, in fact, not that much tech in general, other than the dog, really. It's not a very tech-heavy episode. It feels like if there has been some sort of apocalypse, maybe the new tech or new leaders mm. have, have precipitated it, and then they have to go to old tech now, and they're kind of they're living back on the land, wherever they are. Yeah. The whole concept of it is a lot more of a, is a lot less realistic than perhaps many of the episodes are because this is yeah. a post-apocalyptic event with the the dog robot things that sprint as as quick as the cars can drive. Yeah, it can track people over can track people. huge distances. They never yeah. really explain why any of this is happening really either, no. but we, we can just assume it's a post-apocalyptic And where event. do they live that they're safe from the dogs as well then? Because yeah, they mentioned they, they find must somewhere. have some sort of safe place yeah. thing, but clearly lacking in supplies because the dogs can get through a lot of barriers we'll get we'll get to that mm. but interesting so yeah so then the woman gets in a car mm-hmm. the dog ends up crashing through the back doors of a van and does something terrible to the driver the other guy yeah he does have his head blown off oh <laughs> oh <laughs> horribly. so grim and um and then the dog is able to hack into the van and control the van and chase her. It's got some USB situation it, on it. Yeah, right. Oh. It's got and USB-C. It gets, US, it gets USB in the right way the first time, yeah. which no human creature... But dogs can. You always have to do it like three times, even if there's only two sides. What is it with USBs? Right. Is it? That is the real message of this episode. <laughs> that is it. <a>, That's <laughs> Charlie Brooker just saying, please, yeah. <laughs> please just make a make a dual side of USB. No, no, he's, please just make Sir get better at using USBs. It's a, it's a very, targeted <laughs> it's very, very targeted campaign, very personal, yeah. <laughs> But um, she's knocked off of the road, basically, by the van um, to the to a cliff edge. It's a good action scene, actually. Yeah, it is. yeah. 
to a cliff edge. She's knocked unconscious temporarily, but um, when she wakes up, basically the dog manages to get in the car. Oh my god! She's like, "This is it. She's gonna die. This and- is it. She's done." End end of episode, everyone. Yeah. No Johnny Depp here. Go home. Um, but she uh, she manages to escape out of the car with the dog still stuck in it, and the car falls off the edge of the cliff. And we we kind of think of it this time. I certainly felt, oh, that's the only dog. That's the last one left, mm. and it's gone and it's died. And she's going to be safe, and we're going to see like this the world she's living in. But that's not where the story goes. No, it is not. Oh. The dog is like Terminator. It is. It kind of is like Terminator. Yeah. 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 The dog loses a leg trying to escape from yes. the car. Um, lose that leg lose that leg coffin shape horror show (laughs) hate that dog yeah it loses a leg trying to escape from this wrecked car meanwhile she is uh, like a riverside manages to pluck out quite horribly manages to pluck out the tracker from her leg and actually again it's interesting what you say about the blood in black and white it looks like a different substance it's like Mm. thick and treacly and Mm. it's from her inner thighs it's a very bloody painful gory thing she tries it with something else first she i think puts... she i think she basically cuts it with a knife so she can pull it out with yeah and then she puts a stick between her teeth yeah so she bite down on it um yeah blood the blood looks like something different in black and white mm. and, and almost beautiful in a in a way that it wouldn't in color it would yeah be... yeah black mirror doesn't do that kind of thing very often show you the Gore. Yeah, they're not yeah. about gore usually, and um, I guess it being black and white kind of helps it still seem not particularly gory. Yeah, like somehow not real. Yeah, it's a bit of a distancing thing. But yeah, so she she gets the tracker out, mm-hmm. um, and throws it in a bottle into the river. Yes. So you think the dog is going to follow that? You're like, yes. Mm-hmm. It's a series of like dis- like triumphs and disappointments, and that's, yeah, it that's is. Yeah. What an it's, emotional it's, 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 a, it's almost like a 40 minute chase scene, frankly. Like, yeah. Most of it. Um, I assume she already had the walkie talkie. I don't know if you remember where she got it from. Yeah. I think but she yeah. has a walkie talkie and she manages to contact home. Yeah. Basically informs them everything's happened, gives them, uh, tells them to give Graham, who I am to assume is a, either the child or her partner, perhaps. I think that one's her partner. And I think it's Jack or Jake who's the nephew. Right, right. I think um, yes, because she's it's for the nephew, isn't it? Not her child. Yes, the, there's there's no dialogue. It's all one sided. That that time they whistle back as well. Because when so I watched it a second listening. time, so you know they can hear, but they're sort of under pains to not re- reply. Mm-hmm. So it's dangerous. It's but there's basically no talking in mm-hmm. this in this entire sort of half an hour, forty minutes. Oh yeah, very, very little dialogue at all. Yeah, but you still extrapolate so much from. Yeah, it's still. Yeah, it doesn't feel like there's much going on, but you know there is. And, she, you know, she says to say a final goodbye to Graham if she doesn't make it. And, um, you know, the uh, the dog manages to track her down, chases her up a tree. Yeah, you can see from the dog's point of view that human beings leave organic matter behind I just, them. I just assumed it was her blood. I assumed there were blood spells. Yeah, it must be blood. But from the dog's point of view... They're just little white blobs it doesn't look like anything yeah it takes a black and white and it's almost a pixelated slightly pixelated point of view mm. yeah the dog only sees indistinct things yeah, its vision isn't good really no it really isn't um but it has whatever however a robot can have a sense of smell or mm. of heat a heat map kind of thing that's what it's yeah it's like a predator it's vision, like yeah. heat map kind of thing yeah. yeah but it's still kind of basic yeah it's not very high tech very future tech really no it's not at all so he chases Bella up a tree and this sequence always becomes funny (laughs) as funny as Metalhead can get sure Um, so 
the dog can't get up the tree because it's injured its arm. Mm. And when Bella realises this, because we're like, oh my God, she's up a tree. The dog's going to get her up there. And when she realises it, she almost starts laughing because the dog was injured in the car. It keeps throwing itself up the tree. So she, the dog ends up sitting, waiting for anything. Well, she can't. How long can she survive up a tree? Mm. And she nearly falls out when she's asleep. And then she starts throwing mint, like mint humbugs. Yeah, she's counting to, down from a thousand. Every yeah. time she hits zero, she she throws a, a sweet at it. I assume just I I assume to keep herself awake. Well, it annoys the dog. It annoys the dog because it wakes up out of standby mode every time and then goes back. But then eventually decides to stay in standby mode, which is really interesting because it must have stayed in standby mode to be behind the box. Yeah, I couldn't, factory. I couldn't really work out what made that happen or if she was deliberately trying to. I at first thought that she was just doing that to waste time to keep herself awake until the yeah. morning. But then maybe she was, maybe she knew that it would do that. I maybe. don't really know why it yeah. stays in standby mode. But morning comes and she throws a sweet and it, it doesn't wake up for whatever reason. I'm not yeah. sure why. Yeah. Um, and she takes the opportunity to skedaddle out of that tree. Big time skedaddle. That Big was, time yeah. skedaddle. That was the biggest skedaddle I've ever seen. Largest one I've ever seen, yeah. <laughs> I've seen some. Yeah, I've seen 10 <laughs> skedaddles. Um, she takes the opportunity to run. She climbs over a gate and finds... Basically, an abandoned home. An mm. abandoned home. Um, she finds some shotgun shells there. She notices there's a van outside the house, which obviously she wants to get into. So she tries to find the keys. She manages to fetch the keys to the house by pushing like a stick through a hole and managing to hook them. And she get gets into his house. Mm. The omens are not good in the they're house. They're not good. No, they're bad. I think it was uh... almost that the house looked normal downstairs yeah because she had this moment when she just stood and sort of stared at it but presumably she hasn't seen a normal home in so long and she kind of was just shocked by it yeah and then she just sort of jolt, jolts and oh i need to need to get all my things now but yeah. she has this moment where she just looks at the inside of the home and is just hit with some sort of emotion yes yeah mm. i agree with you and then she goes upstairs mm-hmm. and she goes upstairs oh there's some terrible things going on up there guys so she goes upstairs and there's two um like blooded quite decayed corpses have clearly been there a while and i assume they may have shot themselves that's the assumption because the man is is holding a a shotgun um which she takes and she takes the van keys from from the corpse as well it shows Um, how bad things are it's a very very smart way of depicting how hopeless people must have become yeah yeah as apocalyptic as anything you would imagine yeah Yeah, the apocalypse basically meanwhile after she's fetched the keys she hears something downstairs mechanical it's the dog who is currently fixing the a kitchen knife onto <gasps> its lost limb so i saw this again last week i went to the screening and people there are there were a group of journalists but um people started laughing at this point which is so interesting <laughs> that's funny I think because it's almost, it verges on too much. This bloody dog that looks like nothing, has barely, no eyes, barely any vision. Um, but it's, it can make its hand into a USB stick and drive vans and get into the house. Which, the, for me, the amount of trouble Bella had getting over the gates mm-hmm. and the dog just opens it with a USB. It's so yeah. unfair. And then, yeah, this dog just screws a knife onto its injured arm. The little, I want to swear, like the little, <laughs> ah, the little thing. And then it goes looking for her. And there's a particular clunk, clunk sound of the dog. It's not mm-hmm. stealthy at all. But that sort of drives fear into you. And yeah, this bloody night. People were laughing. But I think it's a release of tension. It's it's not funny, but it's almost like 
It's so, just so jarring, isn't it? It's just yeah. a silly little knife. It's like the odds are so fast stacked against her. Mm. And you just think, well, what is going to happen next? It's done It's done well, the suspense, I think. Mm. Yeah, it is done well. Yeah. So, uh, so it has its little knife. knife. It, she hides um, in a room. I can't remember if it was behind a shower curtain or behind a... It was behind something. Yeah. And then the dog comes in. And she's holding the shotgun, and she decides better of it. And instead, she grabs a big can of paint and throws the paint all over the dog. And um, it's so low-tech that, that that's it. It's effectively blinded it. It can't see anymore because this white paint is... Well, it might not be white paint. It just looks white because it's in black and white. Yeah. But, um, but it looks like white paint, and it can't see. And she tosses the can against the wall. Um, the dog follows the noise and starts stabbing at the wall. That is quite funny. <laughs> Still stabbing at the wall. With it's the so noise. stupid. It is silly. Um, she escapes to the van. Um, tries starting the van. The van doesn't start, so that was a waste of time. Um, so her only other option really is she uses the uh, an abandoned car instead as a, as bait. She opens both doors, puts the speakers on. It's golden brown. I, I didn't know what the song was. Yeah, I wanted to take a note of it, and I was like, I'm going to look stupid because I don't know what that is. Really? You're a youth, Ryan. You're <laughs> I am a youth. youth. I didn't it's, know what it was. It's golden brown. And then what I like is it seems like the dog really hates this song. <laughs> that is what it looks like. Yeah, because yeah, it runs down with its knife hand and like <laughs> stabs out the speakers. <laughs> and it's quite a nice song, but it's having nothing of golden brown. It doesn't like songs about heroin. Dogs don't like golden brown or heroin. That song is about heroin. That is what we needed to know. Mm. Yes, yeah, so the dog has been baited out, and she shoots it with a shotgun. The dog stabs her in the kneecap. Yeah, it did slice her. It, did, oh. it manages to stab her, oh. but she falls. She shoots it again, and it seemingly is destroyed. Yeah, but it's one final act before it, assumedly, just turns off for good. Is mm. to fire out shrapnel, more of this yeah. tracker shrapnel, yeah. and she's covered in them. Covered in yeah. them, they're in her everywhere. Yes, and um, she is. Probably back in the house. I can't really tell what it was. Probably back yeah, in the house. Yeah, she's in the bathroom. She's yeah. in the bathroom, yeah. And she's got uh, a knife again and is holding it up to one mm. of the tracker uh, holes in her face. And then you see her bring the knife down to one in her neck. It's basically, she will have to cut open her jugular. Yeah, so she realises she can't cut this one out because she'd have to cut her neck open. So yeah. she's done. Um, yeah. It's just this realisation of, I, I can't cut that tracker out because I'm going to die. So these it's, trackers are in me. Maxine Peake is a great silent actress, to be oh, honest. Yeah. Yeah, Considering it, there's no dialogue in this film, she does yeah. a great job. Yeah. Really good acting in this. You can really see the cogs turning as she realises mm. this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we realise this is it. Mm-hmm. And then Brooker told me, so oh. Charlie Brooker, this in the screening, I think I'm allowed to say it now. So... Um, so after this, she holds a knife to her neck, kind of goes, no. Um, the shot then tracks out and pans over a great distance away from the house. And it looks like two human figures are running towards the house. Hard to see, but did you think that? I didn't There were two that. figures running towards the house. They looked black, like clothed in black or maybe in a hat. And I think they, they're people, and it's, it looks like two people might be coming to save her. Oh. And then as the track pans further and further out, there are more dogs out there. So this wasn't the last dog, and she's kind of screwed either way. Yeah. So I said to him, oh, surely those two people are going to save her. They're going to save her. They're going to save her. And he said, no, she dies. And actually, they cut out the sound of the knife slicing her neck. So uh. they thought that was too much. But originally, that's that's where they were going. But we'd hear her. Okay. Because I thought that I, cause she was holding the knife on the last shot of her. And I assumed that she was going to slit her. 
through, but I wasn't entirely sure. Yeah. Um, I didn't see the two people. I just seemed... I've, I've I saw rewound. some figures and I assumed they were just dogs. I didn't really... Think I've rewound it. it a couple of times and the dogs look different. Oh. So there are dogs way off in the distance who will come and get her anyway. Mm. So it must mean wherever they're living, the humans who've escaped this apocalypse and lived through it, they must be living somewhere very far away or very safe or underground or where mm. they can't be found. But it looked like there were two human figures. But oh, okay. no, she was she was always going to be dying at the end of that one. Yeah. Um, how does this fit into the Black Mirror universe or other other episodes does it remind you of anything else or i mean honestly no it's it's a very different episode um it's so it's focus isn't on tech and how that necessarily affects us individually and that sort of thing it's it's just post-apocalyptic well i I suppose we should the ending shot is important actually for, for this episode the ending shot is that the box contained just teddy bears yeah so they weren't even after medical supplies or anything it's a great important. great final shot yeah it is it's wonderful yeah. and it's just yeah they wanted some teddy bears to comfort this dying child and they all risk their lives to get that that's yes. how that's how Three terrible their situation is died yeah um but what have they got to left to lose you know why not if it's going to bring comfort to a child in this i mean if you die out here it's like so what you yeah know, it's the apocalypse may, yeah. as well, may as well die for something like that really it's something it's something very warm and human versus Something like Predator Terminator that will never mm. stop until its powers down or is broken. Mm. But the human spirit, I suppose, is never broken. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to find something really positive. <laughs> but I found this to just be this could have been any series. I still enjoyed this. Yeah, but it's not very Black Mirror. No, which is no criticism because I don't yeah. want every episode to be a. a USS Callister episode. No. I don't want them all to be big because you'd get sick of them. Yeah, and you need these so you don't get don't get burnt out. But yeah, there's no there's no twists in this. It's kind of just a story about a post apocalypse, really. And maybe it maybe it's more telling of me just that I've seen so many films in that kind of setting that there isn't really anything remarkable that this episode is is saying or telling. I've seen all of its themes be told a million times before. If I'm honest, I think you wouldn't have the teddy bears. It was all for teddy bears. Yeah, that's a nice touch. No one else it's would a nice do that. Touch, but, yeah. but even even things like that shows have 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 touched on before. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Um, I haven't seen loads of films like that, but um, I think having Maxine Peake in it is a bit of a masterstroke as well. And having having a, a woman be the mm. action hero yeah, in this was interesting. Um, so it's you know a very different episode. Um, I. I'd say I enjoyed it, and I guess in the way I enjoy horror movies, in that I don't really. <laughs> oh, right. I'm so used to horror. I watch yeah. Horror like, I'll watch it, but it's not what I choose to do. So I was quite glad it ended. I was sad. Isn't it funny that I went to the creator, but she lived, didn't she? People came to help us. <laughs> that tells you everything about what I want from right, right. a show. Um, so, Metalhead, an interesting diversion, but yeah. not what I'd return to. Yeah, a welcome diversion. A lovely ending that that is uh, meaningful in a way that maybe others wouldn't do with the they did it all to, to yeah. com- comfort a child but it was a nice little little touch at the end it, not, not a huge twist just a nice little yeah not one i'd be rushing to watch back but no. interesting they, yeah, they had some fun making it um well that's us on metalhead yeah there's not that much more to, to talk yeah about. it's quite it's the experience I it's think. quite 
Simple, yeah. Um, so thank you for listening to Black Mirror Cracked. We talked about Metalhead today. Yeah. Um, please subscribe to us on Apple and all of them. All of the iTunes and Wherever Spotify. You to this song, rate it. The chip in your head. The chip yeah. in your head has Whoa. great podcasts. Has it from us? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. The chip in your head, which you've been chipped with at birth. Um, all those things, stars, all of them. All of the catch stars. them and then star our podcast with them. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much. Yes. Listen to the next ones, whichever episodes those end up being. Who knows what they'll be? Who knows? Yeah, it could be anything. Bye. Bye. <laughs>